The average man today is sleepwalking through life, many never reaching their true potential, let alone ever crossing the finish line to living a purposeful life. Luckily throughout history, there exists a few good men we can look to for guidance. Strong, confident, driven. Men who weren't afraid to face the greatest tyrant they've ever known, their minds. Forged in the fire of their shadows, these men knew who they were at their core. Solid in their convictions, owners of their reality, men of action, strength and character, masters of their destiny. Today's man is no different. The hunger still exists, albeit buried amidst his cluttered mind, misguided beliefs and values that no longer serve them or the world. There's never been a better time than today for men to stand up and claim their stake. It's time to reconnect to your life purpose. Evolving into husbands and fathers, our wives and children deserve. Becoming masters of our life and the leaders of our homes and community. Ever evolving, today's man is assured he is aligned for greatness. Welcome to the movement. Stay strong, my brother. Welcome, brothers. In today's podcast, we break down the man box into smaller pieces as we get into the core of the question, what does it mean to be a good man? So what is a good man? Well, is it based on our definition or is it based on others? And you might be surprised with the answer to these questions because I know I was. What I'm ultimately talking about here is something that we call the man box. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm the guy that created this this phenomenon. But can, we are going to introduce, or we will introduce, the gentleman that did bring it forward. And that was Terry Porter. And he's the CEO of A Call to Men, an organization whose purpose is to educate men on healthy, respectful manhood. Their mission is to shift attitudes and behaviors that devalue women, girls, and other marginalized groups. For more information on Tony and his work, I highly recommend watching his TED Talk entitled A Call to Men. You know, when I came across Tony's work, it really inspired me to look at my blind spots. Where in my life did I have behaviors and attitudes that marginalized women and other groups? You know, it would be quite the vinegar pill for us to swallow as white middle-aged men. Now, the man box isn't specialized to any ethnicity, so let me be clear with that right off the hop here. All men have some aspects of their identity that fits into the man box. So let's go down the rabbit hole a bit for a few minutes and start to unpack the concept of this thing called the man box. See, the man box identifies the limitations on what a man is supposed to be and what he believes. These expectations are taught to men, sometimes unconsciously, and they're reinforced by society. Men are supposed to be powerful and dominating, fearless and in control, strong and emotionless, successful. Okay, so we set that as the background. What does it really mean to be a man today? Let's start with the idea of stoicism. Many of the attributes that fit into the man box are also stoic virtues. So is stoicism a bad thing for a man to possess? I offer for your consideration that it's not, and here's why. You see, stoicism suggests that virtue, such as wisdom, is happiness and judgment, should be based on behavior rather than words. That we don't control and cannot rely on external events, only ourselves and our responses. You see, Stoicism has been called the philosophy of slaves and prisoners. And I would agree. 
However, the connection is usually meant as a negative. Therefore, it doesn't serve our daily lives. So, if you consider that gentlemen like Viktor Frankl's philosophy and James Stockwell, who are both POWs to Stoic, and their words are not inspiring enough to lead a better life, then I suggest it's well worth getting to know the depths of Stoicism a little bit more. You see, it's in these times and we need it even more than ever. Remember, character is revealed during times of strain and difficulty, happiness, and success. So let's get back to the connection between Stoicism and the man box. See, some would have us believe this means men are to be emotionless, fearless, and in control. The question is, do these attributes cross the line and become part of a toxic man box syndrome? Let's start with emotions. In battle, having a lack of control over your emotions has fatality written all over it. In life, having a similar lack of control over your emotions may not kill you, although there are times when it might. It will destroy your relationships if you completely shut down from your emotions. Neither extremes are good. The goal for men is to learn to be in a place where they can feel into their emotions and be in control. In other words, boys can and should cry. But what about power, success, and dominating? These are difficult attributes for anyone to master, let alone men. Our entire society is built upon these ideas. Look at our professional sports. Again, I would offer your consideration that all three of these have a lot less to do with what they are and everything to do with the behavior men use to embody them. Can a man be powerful yet sensitive and compassionate? Can he have a drive for success and treat people well along the way? Can he take a dominant stand for his values and beliefs without tearing down another? I suggest yes. See, Marcus Aurelius, probably the most notable of the Stoics, and then when I think about it, of the following quote, it really sums it up about what Stoicism and the man box are. It says, waste no more time arguing about what a good man should be. Be one. See, masculinity is the central part of men's lives. And a man's sense of masculinity and manhood remains a key component of male identity and well-being. Yet today, masculinity is under fire, decreed as toxic by some and obsolete by still others. The fact is, what used to be accepted as normal man behavior is no longer tolerable. That doesn't mean as men we need to lose our masculinity. It does mean that we need to wake up and realize that some of our old habits and beliefs about being a man may need to change. Let's think about our heroes. You see, the masculine image has evolved over time, hasn't it? We get it from movies. We watch our sports heroes and older siblings and mentors. Is today's man Clint Eastwood of the Spaghetti Westerns and Every Which Way But Loose movies? Is it Jonathan Goldsmith, the actor from the Dosecchi commercials, as the most interesting man in the world? Is it Gandhi or Mandela for their roles in changing a nation? Is it Tom Brady or Joe Namath for accomplishing what few ever have? Or is it your father or father figure that you admire? You see, each of these men has in their personality dark parts. None are flawless. All are vulnerable and all carry wounds from a previous generation. So to the point, we need to be very careful about how we choose our heroes. We need to separate the wheat from the chaff. Take from these so-called heroes the things that make them good men. There's a YouTube video about a 10-year-old boys football team with one of the boys giving the best motivational speech of his young life. While it's an amazing speech for such a young boy, in one part, as he's rallying his team to go beat the other guys, 
he mentions going after those sister lovers. Hmm. Where did he get that idea? This is exactly what the man box is about. Teaching our young men and women about healthy masculinity and femininity. Both are required. You can't kill one without destroying the other. In the man box module, I refer to this as the sacred masculinity or the centered masculine. Finding your masculine center requires us to move from society's expectations and instead find the qualities or traits that resonate with your essence and experiences. This means incorporating both masculine and feminine traits, using their energies in a manner that produces the most good for all. To me, the man box theory is about our identity as men. When thinking of it that way, I knew that there would be tons of angles that we could take on this topic. So to do that, we built a module in The Awakened Man entitled The Man Box. Now over 10 lessons, we dissect every way that our identity can be formed. We start off with masculinity, looking at our identity. Much like the archetypes, we look at masculinity from three vantage points, toxic, soft, and centered masculine. We examine those beliefs about being a man, masculine and feminine traits, along with their extremes. Then we get into triggers. You know, trigger is something that sets off a memory tape or a flashback that transports us back to an event of an original trauma. And triggers are very personal. Different things mean will trigger different people. Triggers can be found in our shadows, and we learn how to identify those triggers and how to manage them. Next, we deal with our expectations. It's said that expectations are premeditated resentments. Yet, having expectations helps us to create and achieve things. Your expectations, more than anything else in life, determine your reality. When it comes to achieving your goals, if you don't believe you'll succeed, you won't. So, how do expectations fit into this man box? Well, the tricky thing about expectations is that they affect others as well. Have you ever had a low expectation of someone and then they proved you right? This and more are what we dive into when we deal with this topic. Then, we talk about the meaning of success. You see, defining success can be tricky. Is the definition truly ours, or are we falling into a social class belief system with rules around what success means? Are we able to find love with a partner that is more successful than we are? How do our values contribute or detract from us being successful? And is there anything wrong with being successful? You know, as I said, this is a tricky one for men and women, and we really dive into this piece. And we touch on prejudices. From time to time, all of us will display some form of prejudice and discrimination. Now, that might be a hard pill to swallow, and I get it. But think of it this way. Have you ever made a blanket statement like, they're all like that, or that's just the way they are? If so, this is likely a point of prejudice or discrimination regarding that subject or group of individuals. The point of this topic is to look at where are these instances where they might reveal themselves to us. And we look at our personal and societal belief structures as men and how prejudice has crept into and how we define ourselves as men. Then, a big one, objectifying women. As a fully engaged man, our relationships with women continues to be one of the most important ones we can have. Growing up, we watched and learned from our fathers, uncles, and brothers and how they treated women. Our advertisements became racier and movies sexier. So the question begins, Can we appreciate a woman's beauty without objectifying her? Can we take our admiration for her and go deeper into who she truly is? These and so many more questions are what we explore in this lesson. Another big one, pornography and sex. We watched the evolution of the pinup girl to girly magazines 
girly magazines to blue movies and blue movies to online porn. Porn and sex have been around for as long as we can remember. And as part of the man box, we want to find out how porn and sex are affecting our health, relationships, and sexual experiences. We try to answer the question, is porn good for us or bad for us? And finally, we look at what double standards we have for sex and women. And then another huge topic, and that is coping with grief. See, this is so big for men. Showing open displays of emotion is one of the foundational issues within the man box. Grieving is a natural process for all beings. Learning how to grieve is an essential tool for men to develop. And in this topic, we look at how men typically grieve, what women in our lives should know about our grief, and is there such a thing as a timetable for grief. And then we start to wrap things up. We look at fatherhood. And in this topic, we look at the influence our fathers and fatherly figures have played in our lives. Did we have absent or, a- or active role models growing up? How were we shaped by the relationships of our fatherly figures? Are we making a difference in our children's lives? What beliefs do we carry about being a father and how those beliefs helped or hindered the relationship with our children and our spouse? And finally, defining my manhood. By the time we get to this point, we'll have poked and prodded and looked under every rock and every corner of the man box. We will have looked at shadow parts of our identity like never before. And we will have come to understand how our thoughts, words, and actions have created our version of the man box and will create a definition of manhood that empowers our lives and those around us. See, we will be kings living in our fullest. So ultimately, we will come down to what makes a real man. So far, we've discussed all the ways that masculinity and real men are not to be. But I want to take these last couple of moments just to describe some ways that men awaken their sacred masculine and become real men. These come from the book, The Hidden Spirituality of Men, 10 Metaphors to Awaken the Sacred Masculine. Number one, real men work to save the planet and takes the attacks that stand up for a moral cause. Two, real men meditate. They're not afraid to look inside and see the vastness there. Three, real men treat youth with respect. We have a fatherly heart. Four, real men love their bodies through exercise and diet. Five, real men enjoy sex. Six, real men are not homophobic. Seven, real men seek to expand their consciousness. Eight, real men are warriors, not soldiers. They learn to battle with oneself to overcome the temptations of power for power's sake. Greed, power over, and power under. They seek power with compassion. Nine, real men practice solitude. And ten, real men are not afraid of the dark night of the soul. There are so many more pointed out in this book. I just wanted to give you a few. So in conclusion for today's talk, it might sound like I'm professing the virtues of the man box, but rest assured that is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that each man, we need to define what manhood looks like for us. If it includes denigrating of women, pushing down other groups so you can be better, then you live deep with inside that man box. However, if you live consciously, aware of tendencies, behaviors, words, and actions that harm others, while propelling yourself, then you have a fighting chance to step out of your man box and lead your family and community. Hey, I just want to say thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to our next encounter. Break out of your man box, my brothers. Thank you for listening to the Evolving Man Podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is, the awakened man, at 
theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.